At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. Okay, welcome to it, folks. Time to preview Monday Night Football as we cap off another eventful NFL week, being week five here on VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. Alongside me to get you ready for Monday Night Football, none other than Brady Cannon at Las Vegas Golfer, where you can follow him on Twitter, former Super Contest champion and current VEASAN host. Uh, Brady, you know, this is the official uh, tip of the cap to you from last week. I know you and I ended up going on the 49ers, but uh, you called that game by double digits. So we're hoping some of that good luck can continue as we look for this matchup with Kansas City and Las Vegas. But uh, before we get into that, and by the way, uh, really quick, just to set the stage, spread pretty much about seven consensus-wise across the board. Total we're seeing anywhere from 51.5 to 52. So we'll get into that in just a second. But I do want to ask how you made it out uh, in terms of all the Sunday shenanigans. I know a lot of people kind of got bruised and battered. I ended up a little bit over 500, 4-3 with some of the picks that we had. But how did things turn out for you out there in Sin City? Yeah, betting-wise, you know, my own personal plays, uh, I was on the losing end uh, slightly, okay? But uh, contest-wise, you know, we survived uh, the storm. Um, we actually beat the consensus in the Westgate Super Contest, and we tied the consensus 
uh, in the circa million. So I feel pretty good about that. Uh, we didn't really lose any ground and probably actually gained some ground. And in what was, you know, really the toughest betting week of the year for me so far. I, I, again, I didn't get hammered. You know, I won a couple of plays, but I lost more than I won. Um, but again, I, I felt good about uh, the way we did in the contest because, you know, there were some games like, the Cowboys, I remember early in the week, it was just like obvious to me. I'm like, why are they a five and a half point dog, you know? And, and of course, I didn't end up playing it. And the Commanders uh, was a very difficult loss, uh, you know, right up mm. until the very end. You thought that one was going to be able to come through. I had... I had the commanders early in the week plus three and couldn't even get there with that really good number. Carson Wentz, of course, throws an interception there in the waning seconds when they're trying to go in and win that game. Uh, your Chicago Bears, Danny, I, I had them uh, plus seven and a half in one contest, nice. plus seven in another contest. And if Minnesota doesn't convert the uh, two-point conversion there at the end, I win both instead of a win and a push. But, uh, you know, a win and a push is not too bad. It could have been worse and I had the same thing with the Cleveland Browns uh, had them getting mm. two and a half in one contest and two in another and uh, end up with a win and a push there and it should have really been uh, another game for the Cleveland Browns that should have been an outright win of course the other one when they uh, just gave it up uh, unexplicably to the New York Jets yeah, uh, quite the wonky Sunday all over the place. <laughs> I know a lot of people had some struggling efforts in terms of their bets. So happy to see despite, you know, maybe on some of your individual bets that you didn't get kind of uh, the brunt of it too bad and that you did well in your contest. So uh, good for you, Brady. I'm, you know, still salty because for my survivor contest, I had my one entry left and I ended up going with Jacksonville. Uh. And I don't know, I just felt grosser and grosser about it as we got closer. But, you know, at this point, I was really trying to strategize I didn't want to use the Bucks. I didn't want to use the Bills. I didn't want to use the Vikings because I had some viable spots for them down the road. And there's a time to big to pick Jacksonville. You figured this would be it. And my good, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was just bad all around me. That interception in the end zone. I don't think I'll ever get over that pick on second and one. It was just gross all around. But it is what it is. Uh, it'll still well, be fascinating to see how it kind of comes down to the wire, though. You know, I, I think your thinking there, Danny, was like a lot of people, that it was a good spot yeah. to use Jacksonville. Because, you know, when are you going to use Jacksonville again during the right. season, maybe never, uh, but at home against what some people might think is the worst team in football, uh, or, or certainly one of the worst teams in football in the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was a good spot for Jacksonville too. I, I even thought it was a good spot for them to cover the spread, uh, but uh, neither of those came true. Yeah, so that was tough to say the least, but we move on and we try to capitalize a little more. So as we do look to Monday Night Football, Brady, uh, man, this should be an eventful one, you would figure. It always seems like it between these two teams, even if it's the Chiefs dominating, just ends up being a very high scoring game. And that's reflected in the total thus far. I mean, you saw it open as low as 50 in the hook. And now, like we said, up to as high as 52, although consensus is about 51 in the hook. And then Brady, the spread. I mean, if you look back in May when some of these lines opened very, very early, Kansas City was minus four and a half. And then it ticked up to six. And <clears> now what we're seeing pretty much seven consensus-wise out there by you in Las Vegas. And same thing here for me in Illinois with all the uh, regulated books. But what have you made of both of these teams and where the number is at? Does it seem right to you? Do you think there's an angle present? Uh, what's crossed in your mind in this situation? 
I actually think the number's probably a tad high on Kansas City. You know, they have not had a good record uh, the last two or three seasons as a home favorite, and they're 0-1 in that role so far this year, uh, losing or not losing, but losing to the spread anyway against the Los Angeles Chargers earlier this year. Um, the Raiders, of course, got their first win last week over, you know, really a, a team that's been their punching bag for a while now in the Denver Broncos. I think it's seven out of their last eight matchups with Denver they have come out victorious. And, and so that's got to make this team feel good. They get Hunter Renfro back. Um, so I think they have a, a little bit of positive momentum going. While the Chiefs, you know, I thought they looked absolutely flawless on offense last week uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And even though that was a 10-point margin, they really crushed Tampa in that game. They, they were really so good on offense and even pretty good on defense as well. Um, so that can they sustain that level of offensive efficiency for two weeks in a row? I doubt it. It was nearly perfect last week. And, you know, Andy Reid always really gets up for that revenge situation against Tom Brady. Over the years, you go back to like, I think it's 2005. Tom Brady has consistently beaten Andy Reid in the postseason, Super Bowls, playoffs, what have you, when he was with the Eagles and now more recently with the Chiefs. You go back to the 2020 Super Bowl when Tampa Bay got it done over Kansas City. And then, uh, you know, on, on the flip side, Andy Reid always comes back and pays back Tom Brady in the regular season. He, and he got his revenge once again last week in Tampa. Uh, so that's a really big, high-profile game for them, obviously. And and again, the level of efficiency that they performed at, I don't know if that's sustainable. Oh, then, by the way, who do the Chiefs play next week? They host the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and that's kind of a game-of-the-year type situation. Coming off of what we saw last year, maybe the best playoff game of all time. And then sandwiched in between is a Raiders team that I think is feeling pretty good at, uh, about itself and I don't think has certainly played their best game of the season yet. I think there's a lot more upside and a lot more ceiling uh, for this Raiders team to to get even better than what we've seen so far. And maybe that game is coming here on Monday night. So, again, the situation, I think, for the Las Vegas Raiders is beneficial from a scheduling standpoint. And maybe, they, maybe Kansas City is off just a touch enough for them to stay within the number I kind of I tend to agree with your sentiment here it seems like it would almost be too obvious to go toward Kansas City because as you alluded to how flawless they played last week on a national stage but to replicate that is really so hard otherwise Kansas City would be winning the Super Bowl every year if they could consistently play like that and this Raiders team I think also a big addition is going to be Hunter Renfro from an offense that does tend to be stagnant from time to time. Now, I think one thing that you also have to recognize when you're looking at this is the improvement in Kansas City's defense, Brady, especially against the run. Uh, I think they're allowing, it's like 3.2 yards per carry, which is second best in the NFL, or pardon me, 3.3 yards per carry, second best in the NFL. They rank fifth in DVOA run defense, and Josh Jacobs coming off a career game in the last spot. We'll see if he could get something going early, and if not, then I fear they're really going to have have to rely on Derek Carr to throw it. Again, the addition of Renfro is huge, but if you can't get that going early, then you're going to be probably trailing for Kansas or behind Kansas City. And it's 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 been really tough for Derek Carr to come back in those situations these seasons and make it come 
all the way throughout to fruition. But again, I mean, you just need him to cover the seven. And it's familiar teams, and that back door could be wide open based on how good this offense has shown to be for Las Vegas. So that's why I think maybe taking the seven would be more tempting for Vegas. But I do think at the end of the day, the Chiefs find a way to get the dub. I, I agree with you. I don't know if the Raiders can pull off the victory. Um, maybe you're looking at a six-point game, maybe a four-point game. I mean, I think the Chiefs should be in control most of the way. Uh, you mentioned the running game, and, you know, we saw Kansas City uh, fall, of course, to the Indianapolis Colts earlier in the year, and the Colts really thrashed them on the ground in that game. We've yeah. actually seen the Colts do that to the Chiefs a couple times in recent history, and the Raiders are going to have to, I believe, use that that formula. They're going to have to be very physical. They're going to have to stick with the ground game. Hopefully Josh Jacobs can perform at a level like he did last week against the Denver Broncos, who, you know, are a pretty good defense, uh, both against the pass and both against the run as well. So I think it is very possible for the Raiders to exploit this run defense of Kansas City. And, and you're exactly right. If they don't, I don't like Derek Carr in a, in a gunslinging match against Patrick Mahomes. Now, in terms of what maybe could end up being a gunslinging match, Brady, as I mentioned, the sentiment from this total has gone toward the over, thinking it's going to be a high-scoring bout. And even when Kansas City dominated last year, you know, they were putting about 40-plus in the game, and it was enough, it seemed, to get over the total back then. Uh, do you think they can do it again in this game? Or do you think that it's going to fall under the trends that we've seen in these primetime situations more often than not in this season where it's just under after under after under? under. You know, I would actually tend to lean towards the over in, in this game. I'll follow that initial move. Now, there's a point where the number, you know, is no longer valuable. But I think 51 and a half, uh, I'd be looking at the over in this game. We've had so many games go to the under. And then finally, it flipped a little bit uh, in week five, where we saw a lot of games actually go over the total. The market always corrects itself. And, and primetime unders specifically have been, you know, going to the under at, a, at an amazing clip. So I, I think that will eventually turn as well. And, you know, I think there's two different ways this can get to going over the total, and that's by Kansas City just dominating once again and scoring 40-plus points and getting there almost on their own. Uh, or what I think is maybe a more realistic scenario is the Raiders being a little bit competitive in this game and and these teams kind of just trading punches and, and maybe you end up with a 35-28 a game or something like that. I, I think the Raiders can certainly, uh, you know, hold their own as far as keeping track on the scoreboard, um, like we alluded to earlier, I think Kansas City probably eventually wins the game. But because of the situation with what Kansas City is coming off of and what they have up next, um, I think the Raiders are in a good position to score some points. And and that's what it's really all about. We saw it on Sunday Night Football. Um, if the Bengals offense was able to do anything, uh, they, they hardly did anything on Sunday night. If they were able to do anything and get that game into the 20s or so on their side, that game probably goes over the total too. So yeah. I think the Raiders are kind of the responsible party here. If the Raiders can score 25, 26 points or something, this game probably goes over the total. 
would, how would you kind of compare, say, maybe your confidence in what you would rather play the total or maybe taking the points with the Raiders? Is there one that you would gravitate more toward playing versus the other? Or are they both kind of just strong leans for you? It's a great question, Danny. And, and I, I tell you, I don't know if I have a great answer, but but I will tell you, I'd probably prefer taking the points with the side. And, and I'd probably wait, too. You might find a seven and a half tick before kickoff. Now, if it does, you're, you're probably going to see the wise guys grab it pretty quickly, but you never know. I mean, the public could overwhelm uh, on a Monday night, you know, nationally televised game and get this to seven and a half and, and maybe it'll stick there for a minute. Maybe, maybe the, you know, the, there's more people than just the public backing the Chiefs here as well and it gets to eight. I don't think so. I I think the wise guys are, are probably leaning towards the Raiders side here. Um, so if you can find a seven and a half, that's the direction I would go. But the reason I say I favor the side is basically just my own betting habits and my own betting skills. I am much better at betting sides than I am totals. So the total for me, just simply an opinion, uh, but certainly more of a lean on the Raiders as far as the side. Yeah. So like I was saying, I mean, I don't think I'm going to end up betting anything with this side. I'll probably wait for an in-game angle and hope I can just get a better number with Kansas City. That would be my hope and or maybe Danny you know let's say I mean it's not out of the question at all that Kansas City gets out to a 14 point lead right and all of a sudden you're getting 11 and a half or something like that with the Raiders that could be a good spot too definitely yeah whichever side may be exaggerated the Raiders are playing really good right away better spot with the Chiefs or conversely Kansas City dominates they take their foot off the pedal a little bit and the Raiders are still hustling to get back absolutely both could be viable options in that game so that's probably why I'll just opt into the live betting strategy for this spot in terms of the spread I'm with you on the total um probably Probably the stronger lead. I'd, I'd rather play the total than the spread right now. I don't know if I'll get there, but I definitely would like to play the over if I was going to do that. I do have a couple of uh, angles that I'm going to talk about in Prop Watch. Remember, also available here on Vsin's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. So that may be the one spot that I do officially dabble in with. Otherwise, that total is tempting, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it kind of wavers as we get closer to kickoff. I, Brady, I do want to ask you about some of the games this upcoming week, uh, especially Thursday Night Football. So before we do that, any last thoughts you got for Monday Night Football that you want to leave to the people? Yeah, one thing I think that is very interesting, and it seems like it's an epidemic around the league where we're seeing so many uh, field goal kickers injured. Uh, Robbie Gould injured today. You had both kickers out in the Philadelphia-Arizona game. Um, Of course, Harrison Butker is out for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's one of the best kickers in the league. Uh, Daniel Carlson on the other side for the Raiders is also one of the best kickers in the league. So that's an advantage there for the Raiders, and I think that really means more than, you know, we always joke about kickers, but uh, oftentimes they can absolutely be the difference in, in a win or a cover. Uh, so I think that's advantage Raiders there. A couple of other little tidbits, you know, I always like to throw in uh, the Las Vegas Raiders one and four against the spread in their last five division road games. So that does not mm. bode well for them. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, six and one straight up five, one and one against the spread on Monday night. So both of those uh, trends in favor of Kansas City, certainly. But I think this particular scheduling spot is in favor of the Las Vegas Raiders. So I want to bring back what you said, because this is, I think, a good talking point for the total potentially, also with the spread. But the Chiefs not having their main kicker, Butker, in the mix, 
you would probably envision what that this would this would have Kansas City be more aggressive on fourth and shorts which could benefit the total greater because you're not settling for field goals right and conversely too I mean if they don't get it well then the Raiders you would imagine would have better field position have less space for them to score which would make it easier for them to get those scoring opportunities and again benefit the over do you think that would be another reason to maybe look in that direction I think it's a great deduction you know it, it makes sense certainly um, now Kansas City's kicker if I recall uh, last week uh, their replacement for Harrison Butker was pretty good so maybe they have yeah. enough confidence in him to to move forward and go ahead and attempt a field goal or what have you um, but no what you say absolutely makes sense and again it could lend itself and, and I, I mentioned it earlier I think the Raiders are really the responsible party as far as this game going under or over the total if the Raiders have more opportunities to score because of that um, I think again that gives uh, a better chance to this game going over the total all right so Brady and I both leaning toward the over Brady's also leaning toward taking the points with the Raiders I'm just going to strictly wait in game I think with anything uh in terms of the spread. But again, if we do have any additional plays or make anything official, make sure you check it out at VSIN.com slash subscribe. And also, folks, remember, in order to do that, you got to become a VSIN Pro subscriber. And if not, well, let me tell you, you're missing out on great betting analysis from the sharpest talent in Las Vegas, as well as not only our bets, but pro tips. You get betting systems and like we said, you get all the easy tracking for the picks on our Best Bets log page. So make sure you sign up now for just $99. You'll have access to VEASAN Pro all the way through the Super Bowl, which means you'll get our subscriber-only betting guides to college bowl season and the Super Bowl all for less than the normal monthly rate. $99 for VEASAN Pro now through the Super Bowl. Sign up at VEASAN.com. That's V-S-I-N.com slash subscribe. All right, Brady, I said I wanted to, uh, you know, move along and talk about this Thursday night football game. And oh, we got to cover that one, right? It, right. I know. <laughs> and, and even before this weekend happened, because Jeff Parles, Ben Wilson, and I were talking about it, because, you know, me being in Chicago Bears fan, they were curious my thoughts. And even before the spread opened and you saw what happened today on Sunday, I looked at that spot and was thinking, that's probably a game that the Bears should have the advantage and that I would look toward betting them. And you may say, oh, Danny, you're biased, this, this, and that. I mean, no, look, I'm going to fade the Bears if it's a good spot. I teased down the Vikings on like uh, today because we're recording this Sunday night. And if the Bears are in a bad spot, I'm absolutely going to look to fade them. I don't think this is a bad spot for him. And I think, and I don't want to fall too much into recency uh, bias, Brady, but I think you can use that as an advantage in terms of Justin Fields. Game by game, he's slowly, and I say slowly, seeming to read these plays better, see the field a little bit better. Getsy's letting him throw the ball more consistently. And then more importantly, honestly, on the other side, Brady, I mean, Carson Wentz is just not good whatsoever. And I've really been so against him ever since his injury. And I know he's a great guy and everything, but he's just not a, a dude I want to back in terms of betting, especially on a short week with another just bad loss from that they easily could have had, as you were mentioning, coming down to the wire and he throws an interception. But this Bears team, as ugly as they can be, they've had some close spots. They should be able to run the ball and up against Washington. And Washington's pass defense is certainly toward the bottom of the barrel in the NFL. So if there's a game where Justin Fields can progress once again, I think it could be against Washington. So, uh, you know, call me out if I'm wrong here and if I got my Bears blinders on or whatever. But I think I'd have to lean with Chicago in this spot. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Obviously, they're the home team. And uh, I was doing our show earlier, the Pro Football Blitz, and the game was not populated yet as far as a line. I saw Pick'em. Is that what it is? or? Yeah, so I see Pick'em now. I know I think like at some spots, the earliest it opened was like the Commanders minus one. And then mm. so I guess it must have moved just Pick'em right after. Okay, and that kind of tells you a lot about this game. The odds makers don't know who's worse either. Just, you know, let's call it a <laughs> coin flip. It's a pick 'em game. Um, yeah, off of what we saw last week and what we've seen now for four weeks in a row, of course, the commanders have lost four games in a row now. And if there was ever a game they were going to win, this week was the spot. It was a yeah. really good situation for them. You had the Tennessee Titans who just won outright uh, as a as an underdog and then went into the role of road favorite facing a desperate team at one and three, just trying to get their second win of the season. They nearly pulled it off, but they couldn't. And in large part due to Carson Wentz, I thought there was a lot of other positives you could take away from the commanders in this game. Uh, the young receiver, Diami Brown, you know, he really yeah. emerged in the absence of uh, Jahan Dotson. Um, I thought the running game was probably uh, picked up a little bit with Brian Robinson uh, being back in the lineup now. I thought that was a little bit of an inspirational thing for this team. Now they were facing a bad run defense in Tennessee, and I felt that was uh, not necessarily a bad run defense, but a uh, a run defense that was missing their four starting linebackers. So I thought that was a spot for Washington that they could exploit. Uh, we know Chicago is, uh, you know, no great shakes on defense either. So I, I think Washington can have some success against Chicago. Um, but I would agree with you that uh, Justin Fields is is looking slightly better week in and week out. Um, I like the fact that they're allowing him to use his legs. I, I agree with you. He's showing an ability better to find the open receiver. And, you know, I think you can also say that he wasn't playing the greatest defense in Minnesota today either. Sure. Um, but, you know, the commanders, commanders pretty decent against the run. They get after the passer okay. Um, but you're right, uh, against the pass, uh, you know, and is that going to really benefit Chicago because their strength is rushing the football? Um, you know, I'm just kind of handicapping this game here as we talk in my head. But, um, yeah, you know, I think a pick em is the right line. And, and I'm with you. I probably favor the Bears slightly, uh, you know, for home field. I mean, I think Soldier Field has a decent home field advantage. I mean, I think the general consensus these days in the NFL is you're looking at about a point and a half, maybe two for home field advantage. Some of the stronger home fields might get two or or even the full three like it used to be at a couple select spots. But I would say Chicago's at least a point and a half, maybe two. Uh, you've got an unfamiliar opponent. You know, it's not a division game who's familiar yeah. with playing at Soldier Field. So, um, yeah, for that reason, advantage Chicago. And, and it's interesting if it's a pick em and the odds makers agree with me that there's a point and a half or two in there uh, for home field for Chicago, then they're, then they're telling you that Washington's the better team on a neutral field. So that's kind of interesting as well. Yeah, and, and one thing I'll point out, too, that I am just observing is someone who watches the Bears games, you know, naturally, religiously on a game-to-game -game basis, and you would hope this would have been the difference, but the coaching staff here with Matt Nagy, I mean, there's so many bad things with that coaching staff, and trust me, there are a ton of flaws with the new one as well, but a main difference is this team is not giving up. They're clawing. They're staying in the game. Example A, Minnesota today, they were they had a record set against them historically bad in terms of their defense but historically good for Kirk Cousins what completing 17 to 17 of his first passes but yet they slowed him down this team came 
back and they took advantage of their opportunities and you know a random no-name receiver gets the ball stripped instead of going out of bounds and just a terrible mistake and if that didn't happen maybe we're even having a completely different conversation but even against the Packers we've referenced this before you know they were inches away from Justin Fields arguably scoring that touchdown to where then maybe they would have even covered in that game. So this team is still clawing to the very end where with Nagy's group, you kind of saw them giving up on themselves and they realized they weren't a tough group that should be in these games. But Eberflus has them believing that they can fight. I mean, it's a young group of guys who are ready to earn a you know their name for themselves out there fighting for positions and they're all looking to improve knowing that they're trying to start something new within this organization so uh, I think it's things like that that again you, you can't really read on a stat sheet but that you can just see is is fairly evident based on last year's team compared to this team which certainly impressed me today with their second half performance yeah, you know, it's almost like they're not as talented as a team this year than they were last. You, you thought last year's team had better chances to win football games, but you're right. Uh, the coaching change has absolutely been an improvement, and, and I, I imagine it was hard not to improve over what Matt Nagy did or did not do. Um, no, but I, I agree with you. I think the attitude of this team looks better. Um, they, they seem like a weaker team o overall. Like, I mean, they're I think they're certainly one of the worst teams in the league, but they do seem to be improving slowly but surely. And you can see kind of the hope and the, and the desire in their eyes. And, and that was absent last year, even maybe though there was more talent on the field last sure. season. So now I'm with you in that regard. All right, Brady, uh, you may not have any interest in this game, but I still want to pick your brain because you have one of the brightest minds when it comes to handicapping football. And I think it's such a unique situation in terms of another NFC North team, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, is this team, I mean, offensively, we figured they were not going to be as dominant as they were in the past. But coming into the season, man, they were pegged as potentially having one of the better defenses, and they got exposed by Zappi, although they held on. Then second half, Brian Dable and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley just making this defense look like they don't have a clue what they're doing, and they lose in the international game against the G-Men. And I get that those games can be strange, but still, you had a 17-3 lead, and then you just blew it. And now you got them in a favorable spot, one would imagine, against the Jets. Uh, I see this number at about 7.5, even as high as 8. It looked like it opened 9, so the early love was coming toward the Jets. The Jets will be feeling good after a pretty solid win, uh, despite it going against a third-string quarterback. But, Brady, how the hell do you look to handicap this situation or maybe even just the Packers down the line at this point? Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, not only did the Packers have a 17 to 3 lead, they led at halftime 20 to 10. When you're up by 10 points at half, you expect to win the ball game. Uh, you know, I when I saw the the score at halftime, I thought the Packers would probably win by double digits, and then they don't even score in the second half. They got a safety that was, you know, all the doing of the Giants intentionally trying to kill the clock and whatnot towards the end of the game. They don't even score in the second half, and and they allow a team that's totally depleted at wide receiver and yeah that, that was just a really weird tale of two halves over there in London for the Green Bay Packers and you're right now two weeks in a row uh, that they have actually or they have absolutely been pressed and, and in this case losing in this week outright to the Giants so what do you do with this team going forward and now they're laying more than a touchdown here um, my, my initial reaction would be to go ahead and back the Packers because 
I think you're probably getting a Jets team that is maybe being a little bit elevated in the public eye. Uh, let's remember, they were very close to losing that game today, if not for the fourth quarter when they scored 21 yeah. points against a third-string quarterback. The Miami Dolphins were in that game for a long time with their third-string quarterback, and it was after that missed field goal attempt that it just seemed to unravel and they were out of gas or whatever it was. But they, they were actually surprisingly competitive in that game for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, how good are the Jets really? And I think Zach Wilson has certainly given them a spark. He's running that offense very well and, and finding different receivers. The running game looks good. Um, but, you know, is it a little bit smoke and mirrors? I don't know. Am, am I ready to buy in on the Jets? I, I don't know. And is the market being influenced by what we have seen out of them as of late? Two wins in a row. Now, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, who obviously look pretty darn awful, and they beat the Miami Dolphins with a third-string quarterback. So can we really get too high on the Jets just yet? Now going into Lambeau Field, one of those fields, by the way, where I probably would give a full three points for home field advantage. I still think Lambeau is certainly one of the toughest places to play in the National Football League. So... Uh, at this point, it would be a, a pass for me. But if I had to bet it, I'd be wanting to probably lay the points before I took them. All right. Understood. And, and look, I, I was kind of thinking that because I did have one of my teasers with the Packers like a lot of people did. And because it was evident that they needed to change things. You heard Aaron Rodgers say that after the Patriots game that it wasn't sustainable, which you saw on offense. So then I wake up and I see they're up 17 to 3 and I'm feeling comfortable about it because I was like, all right, they are switching things. And like you said, 10 point lead in the second half. All right, the Giants may give them a scare, but Aaron Rodgers will figure it out. And he didn't do it. So I, I, this Packers team is odd. And But you would tend to fall in line of the thinking that Now's the time where they really got to do it back in Lambeau and against, like you said, maybe a tad bit of an inflated Jets team uh, because of what we saw. But that'll be a spot I, I probably won't bet, but we'll still keep an eye on just to see how that Packers team looks. But it was a strange one. Other note, all uh, oh, one other ahead. note on that, Danny, um, and I this just came to mind. The Packers returning from London without rest. Okay, typically when we see teams go play a London game uh, upon uh, their return trip home, they typically have a bye week. Uh, we saw that with two teams today, the uh, Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Minnesota did not cover uh, the number. They did win outright. The Saints win and cover. Now, prior to those two games, teams coming home from London games without rest were one and three straight up and against the spread. Now they're obviously three and three straight up uh, one team covering today one team not so two and four against the spread that is certainly a situation that would go against the Green Bay Packers because of all that travel um, and I know modern travel and, and whatnot and, and the, the luxury of these private planes and all that type of stuff um, it's not really that it's just the body clock and, and so can the Packers recover quickly enough to now not only go win this game but win it by eight points 
Well, what's interesting, too, you bring up the Vikings and the Saints. I mean, the common theme there also was that their defenses really struggled. And mm -hmm. against the Seahawks team that, yeah, I mean, Geno Smith has shocked us all, and they do have some weapons. But then the Bears were able to score 20-plus. You have seen this total move up uh, from 44 to 45 and a half between the Packers and the Jets. Maybe that trend will continue, or maybe people are just realizing this Packers defense isn't as all cracked up as we thought it was going to be, Brady. And, and the Jets are showing us that they can score points. I mean, even with Joe Flacco at quarterback, they were putting up points. Most definitely. And Brees Hall's looking like a stud in the backfield. So uh, we'll see what the Jets are going to be capable of doing or not doing when they go to Lambeau this upcoming week. But Brady, my man, that's pretty much all I got for now. Anything else you want to add or are you ready to send it on home? I think we're good, man. I'm going to call it a day and uh, get ready to talk to you next week. Uh, good luck with all your bets and enjoy Monday Night Football. Beautiful. You as well. Brady Cannon, folks, at Las Vegas Golfer, where you can follow him on Twitter. As for myself, Danny Burke, at Danny Burke 5. Remember to check out VSIN.com slash subscribe to become a pro subscriber. Get access to all the great tools that we have available for you at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Also, make sure to check out Prop Watch, where I'm talking about the top props for Monday Night Football here on VSIN's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. Take care, folks.